1: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah. Hi, Megan. Hey, we are excited to be surprising everyone with a special episode today. Um, This is part one in a special two-part series dedicated to solo parenthood. So we know there are so many circumstances where moms end up doing the bulk of parenting on their own, either all the time or just a lot of the time, you know. Mm -hmm. So we put out a call and we heard from so many of you across a really wide gamut of experiences from moms who are completely single, like without a co-parent in the picture at all, to those whose partners are traveling or working so much that they really just aren't around to help. I mean, we even heard from one mom whose spouse is in the house, but struggles so much with mental illness that he's basically a non-participant. And I know that's just not what anyone thinks of when they think of solo parenting, you know? There's just so many reasons a parent can wind up going it alone, and they're not always the obvious ones you'd think of.
0: Yeah, Megan, I will say we went into this wanting to include as many different types of experiences as we could and as we had time to air on the show. But I think even you and I had our eyes opened as we heard from different solo parents about how many different ways this can look. And so it was really a little bit tricky to choose the four moms that you're going to hear from today on the podcast and try to kind of represent the huge breadth of those experiences. But we tried to keep the stories that we're sharing on this episode as diverse as possible. And then we are also going to be sharing other stories with you on our website. And we'll tell you a little bit more about that later.
1: Sarah, I also just want to say that I have personally lived several different kinds of solo parenting stories, um, from being a single mom of really little guys when my big boys were small, to being a mom whose husband was traveling out of state pretty much all the time, and now being a divorced mom of older kids with 50-50 custody. And I can tell you from experience that each one of those situations had a totally unique set of challenges and sometimes perks. So I always try to shy away from engaging in what we call the hard Olympics, because Mm -hmm. you know... Really, everybody has some situation they're facing that is difficult or unusual in some way. And I think we can all recognize that we don't know everything about someone else's situation and that they might be facing challenges we can't even imagine.
0: Yeah, that's just a general good lesson that we we try to keep in mind with all the stories we tell on this show. And then what was so cool is in addition to those different challenges from different situations, I love that all of the people we interviewed... We're able to focus on some of the positives too, uh, stories about hard things they faced and ways they persevered through those. These are actually really uplifting stories and we loved getting to know these moms better. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about our sponsor for this series, Megan. And then I'm excited to introduce everybody to Katie, a divorced mom who is going it alone with two little kids who are five and eight.
1: Yeah. Very excited to talk about our sponsor water wipes, Sarah. I know that I was just so glad to have these conversations because they were so real and universal. Like, you don't have to be a single mom or a solo parent at all to identify with some moment from each of these moms' lives or some challenge they're facing. Yeah, and Megan, that ties in so
0: well with our sponsor, Water Wipes. Water Wipes are the world's purest baby wipes, and their brand has been at the forefront of telling honest stories about parenthood. They really want to play a part in changing the conversation around parenthood so that moms and dads feel less alone and more seen.
1: Waterwipes discovered that more than half of parents feel like failures in their first year and knew they wanted to be part of a movement that supports new parents rather than making them feel bad. They're a company created by a dad for parents everywhere and they really understand that the way parenthood is often represented today just isn't realistic and that can have a really negative effect on real parents. I know I really needed to see those real examples of parenting when I was a new mom and now with social media, today's parents need it even more.
0: Yeah, and Waterwipes is so committed to telling authentic, honest stories about parenthood that they've actually built out an entire community and a platform on their site called Hashtag this Is Parenthood. And so we're excited to bring you these conversations with moms who are kind of representing the solo parenthood voice in the This Is Parenthood story. So listen on and be sure to check out the landing page we've set up at the slash solo to learn more about each of the moms we're featuring today.
1: Okay, we're kicking off the interviews with my conversation with Katie, a mom of two in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Katie. So nice to talk to you today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We are excited to have you on. So let us know about your family, what your solo parenting situation is like, kind of like what a day looks like in your life.
2: I am a single mom. I've been divorced um, for about four years Um, and I've got two kids who are eight and six And my kids live with me full-time minus two weekends a month when they're with their dad who lives about an hour from us. And right now we are doing remote school. So we're home together during the day doing school. I am also a project manager and um, I have the luxury of setting my own schedule and working remotely, which is incredible. But I'm also a client facing person. And so definitely, you know, our daily schedule looks a lot like juggling
1: between work and school. Yeah. And that's, that's such a situation that many people are finding (laughs) themselves in and particularly challenging when you're a solo parent. Um, and speaking of those challenges, like what do you think is particularly challenging about your specific solo parenting situation? Mm,
2: Yeah. One of the things that I really recognize is that I am running a marathon and not a sprint. And that, you know, although there are these two weekends a month where, you know, I get a day or two of a break um, from that juggling act, that's not fixing and like refreshing all the things that are going on all the time. And so I think really seeing that, you know, it's a long haul and trying to figure out how do I make it so that every day doesn't feel so monotonous? Um, When I don't have another person who's here and when I am really relying on myself um, internally and of course, enjoying the time with my kids and, and having the three of us together, but really figuring out what do I do so that I'm not just trying to pass each day. I'm not just trying to, you know, get further into the marathon, but how can I really like be present in the marathon as it's happening, I guess.
1: Yeah. And I, like, I totally um, know what you mean about that. Almost that feeling of like living for the other weekend, like for the every other weekend, (laughs) thinking it's going to solve all your problems. And then you miss so much that's happening during the bulk of life. But also you find that that actually doesn't do the job. Like that weekend isn't the savior that you think maybe it will be when you're really in the thick of it. Exactly. So tell us about then like a day for you, because you said you work from home, which is nice, but you have a demanding job. Mm -hmm. Yes. And now the kids, of course, are home with you. So really, how are you getting through your days?
2: So I realized pretty early on with the school and work juggle that I had to make it clear to the kids like we're a team. Yeah. And the three of us have to work together as a team. And that can sound so silly when, you know, you're talking about a five and an eight year old, but it really has shaped the way that I think we all look at the day. And so, you know, I get up in the morning and I exercise and the kids know, like we empty the dishwasher and like we do these couple things in the morning that like help all of us get going for the day. Um, and then I think, you know, from there, it sort of depends day to day what my client meetings look like. But the kids have a lot of live meetings, uh, which is a blessing and a curse, I, I think. both. Right. Um, and there's definitely just a lot of going back and forth during the school day and i've also just accepted that even though it's not my preference i do get a bulk of work done between like 3 and 5:30 mm-hmm. now yeah. because the kids finish school i can say okay i've really got to focus now on work and do it that way i also realized that multitasking is just absolutely not the answer. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) it is a trap, isn't
1: it? It seems like this great thing. And then you try it. You're like, Oh, I just did nothing. (laughs) Totally. And I think that as a project manager, I feel
2: very confident in being able to say, Oh, I can like, you know, juggle these multiple things. But I mean, my kindergartner is learning to read, right? Like I have to really sit down and be focused on that. And, you know, nobody is being served when I'm like, Trying to focus on both at the same time. Yeah. And knowing that, you know, you can't compare every day to your best day. Right. And so is this what I would choose? No. Is it also a season? Yes. So what are the, you know, the ways that I can make it that, and part of that is just me accepting it. Yeah. You know, it's as simple as that, but to make it so that, you know, it, it's workable right now, even if it's not perfect.
1: What about um, your evenings? Um, Do you you have a social life? Do the kids have a social life? Like, how is that that looking for you?
2: Well, we really hit the jackpot. And about a year ago, had a family move in next door to us with four kids who are all right around the ages of my two kids. And so they've become very close friends of ours. And so most afternoons, um, the kids all play together outside. We live at the end of a cul-de-sac, and it's really wonderful. Um, as far as I go, I have, since I've been divorced, I have both been in a long-term relationship and been single. And those things look really differently as far as my social life goes. Um, but I think in the dating phase, which is where I am right now, it's challenging, um, in terms of, you know, you add COVID to it and then you add being a single parent and definitely just trying to figure out. You know those those frame- time frames, whether it's a weekend or um it's talking in the evenings or whatever it is, and that's very much still work in progress, and I feel like you know socially for me, I have my friend circle, but they're also moms, and so it's definitely limited, too. yeah. Just with all of our availability. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, that is a common. (laughs) I mean, like layering on um, solo parenting and the ages of your kids can't be left at home and COVID and everything else It's challenging. Um, Well, we talked a lot about the challenges so far. Has there been a scenario in your life that stands out? Like just something that you might face over and over again in a general way or like a specific story of when this all kind of just became real to you like oh my gosh i am on my own i am solo parenting right now
2: <laughs> yeah um i feel like i have those moments continually <laughs> all the time when when different things come up um but i i actually recently in the last few months had a situation come up where that was so highlighted and um i live in colorado and i love to ski and it was something that i really wanted um for my kids to be able to teach them to ski when they were little. And that sounds really fun in theory, but doing that <laughs> with only one parent yeah is very challenging. And I just kind of decided I was going to put on my big girl pants and I was going to make it happen. And so um you know we all have passes to be able to go up and ski and the first time that I was skiing alone with them we're in the lift line and I realized I have to get both of them on the chairlift
1: alone. Uh, Right.
2: (laughs) And it was like, so comical to me that that was
1: sort of just occurring to me, but I panicked and I was like, oh my gosh, for those who don't ski or haven't skied, it doesn't stop. Like the no, (laughs) just keeps going. So there's like this chair coming up to scoop you up with your slippery kids who are all Dressed in their snowsuits. right, <laughs> or their snow pants. So, okay, continue. I just want to like paint this mental picture yes, of what you. getting two small children on a ski lift. It's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: terrifying, and I'm like, I mean, even just getting them up to the chair of pulling yeah. them and helping them, you know, get up. And so, I, I really had one of those moments that I was like, I have to be calm. And so, my daughter, who is so perceptive, she looked at me and she was like, Mom, how are we going to do this? And I said, you know what, we're going to do it. The three of us will just, we'll do it together. And I'm going to ask somebody for help. And so I said to the guy who, there were two guys um, who were at the chairlift. And I said, can you help me as I get my kids on? And they said, of course. And they scooped him up. And I, oh my gosh, I probably took a full 30 seconds to exhale (laughs) after we had all gotten on the lift and we put the bar down, you know, on the chairlift. And it was one of those things that was so silly. But for me, it was really like, okay, if you ask for help, it's there. If you speak up for what you need, like somebody wants to help you. And this is an experience that I really wanted to give my kids. And yes, it doesn't look the way that maybe in my head I had dreamed with like mom, dad and two kids all on a chairlift. But it does look like our own version
1: of doing something that is a really special thing. for them. I love that. What do you wish other moms understood about your experience as a solo mom?
2: You know, something that first jumps to mind is sometimes when you share with a friend, the first thing that they want to do is jump in and be like, oh, I understand mm. me too. And that. I think as a solo parent, that can be really hurtful and almost make me feel more unseen, even though that's totally not the intention. Because the reality is we all have things in our lives that are more difficult and easier than other people around us. Like as a single parent, there are things in my life that are easier and there are things that are more difficult. But when somebody, I think, jumps in and is like, oh my gosh, I totally understand. And they kind of jump in with their own experience, it's tricky because it's not a judgment of like, who has it worse. That's certainly not, not what it is, but it's more, it's more kind of like, no, but you don't really understand. And when you put your circumstances around it, it makes me feel like you really don't understand. Right. Yeah. Um, and that can be, that can be challenging. I think, even though typically it's always from good intent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, to wrap up, Katie, I would love to hear if you've developed, you've been at this for a while, right? So I would love to hear <laughs> yeah. a tip or a strategy or two that you've learned um, for managing it all. And this could be something that applies to all parents, not just solo parents, just something mm-hmm. you've kind of, you've kind of learned about how to keep the wheels on the bus as much as you possibly can. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, so something that I have more recently started doing um, is asking myself the question, what would make me feel good? Mm. And that's something that I've really thought about. Um, and I think as parents, whether you're a solo parent or not, um, it's really important to think about that sometimes, because I think that can help us tune into like, what are the things that matter to me as a person? Or what are the things that, um, make me feel good that. Are bright spots in my day when there's a lot of difficult things in the day right now? Um, And I think that me asking myself that question has allowed me to develop ways of building our life, even in really subtle ways, but like ways to build our life in such a way that there are more bright spots. And I do feel like, you know, I'm not just completely running ragged, but like I've intentionally designed my life in such a way that there are places in it that I feel really good yeah
1: well Katie it has been so great talking to you I'm so happy that you were on and I just have loved hearing the story about you thriving with your little three-person unit it's really inspiring and I think other moms are going to love it too
2: oh thanks for having me it's great to talk with you
0: Megan, I loved hearing from Katie. Oh, my gosh, that ski lift story. I
1: know. I have only experienced like kind of relatively wimpy Michigan ski lifts with my kids, and it is still nerve wracking. And Colorado, I know those things are no joke.
0: I also really loved the way Katie talked about teamwork with her two kids and just how much on board they have gotten with her in the last couple of years. Really inspiring.
1: I loved that, too. Well, we want to remind everyone that you can find out more about the moms we're interviewing today and our sponsor, Water Wipes, by going to our landing page, themomhour.com slash solo. We'll have photos of the moms whose voices you're hearing today, plus stories from other solo moms in our community. Again, that's themomhour.com slash solo. OK, Sarah, who's on deck next?
0: So I'm really excited about my conversation with our next solo parent, Paola, who is a mom of three in Southern California. Hi Paula, thank you for being here on the Mom Hour. Hi, thank you for having me. I would love to just hear a little bit about your family circumstances and and how your um, solo parenthood reality looks. But I understand your your husband has some really challenging job realities, and then you're working from home as well. So just tell us what that's like.
3: Um, yeah, so my husband and I, we have three kids. Um, he works; he's pretty much on call. Works about ten hour shifts daily. He has a long commute as well. His I believe his current store is about maybe forty to fifty miles away from our home. He was working 70 miles away from our home. Wow. Uh, up until recently.
0: So like an hour away and then a 10 to 12 hour shift. And he, and he's a store manager?
3: Yes. Okay. Um and so then he pretty much leaves at about wakes up around 3 30 in the morning. He's gone by five in the morning. And he doesn't get home till maybe 6.30. Mm-hmm. Um, so that leaves me pretty much home all day with the kids. Yeah. Um, on top of that, I actually work full time for a you know corporate company. Mm-hmm. I worked in office and made the transition to working from home a few years ago. And so I work from 7 a.m. to 3.30 okay. with my kids. Um, now with <laughs> them doing schooling and trying to help them navigate through that. Uh, For my two daughters that are 10 years old, Uh, they are twins. Okay. And I also have a four-year-old who I'm pretty much responsible for caretaking of throughout the day and while I'm working.
0: Right. Is the four-year-old in any kind of school right now, just in COVID times?
3: No, right now or before he was not in any school. So um, it was pretty much, you know, getting up, getting the kids ready while I'm logging in, getting ready to work.
0: Yeah. Um,
3: Take my break. To drop the girls off to school, come back, and then you know, pick them up as soon as I was off,
0: yeah, and it's almost i I bet your days feel I'm just gonna go out on a limb here. I bet your days feel pretty long. If your husband's day is starting <laughs> at three thirty or four and and you're at the at the desk ready to work at seven, I mean, do you all go to bed at like seven o'clock at night, or how how do you get that second wind?
3: I mean, I wish I could go to sleep at seven o'clock at night, (laughs) but, um, as much as I tried that with my kids, they didn't like it. Yeah. Um, that that's part of our difficulty is trying to balance, you know, I know my husband would appreciate being able to go to sleep early, but you know, then that sacrifices time with family. So we've, we've learned to run on, you know, a little bit of sleep, but, you know, taking naps and taking the time to Refresh when we need it,
0: yeah, well, let's go back a little bit because I know when you wrote to us, you talked about your husband used to work nights, um and so right now you're faced with obviously very long days and long commutes for him and very you know pretty minimal family time. But what was that like when you guys were kind of splitting shifts?
3: yeah, so he did used to work nights, and um it his, his schedule's always been very different all over the place um. He used to work kind of a three to midnight shift, and I was working in the office at the time. Mm-hmm. So I would leave early in the morning about maybe 6 a.m., and he's still asleep. I'd, by the time I get home, he was already at work, which would be around maybe four or five o'clock in the afternoon, and I'd be picking up the kids from mm-hmm. my mom who would watch during mm-hmm. the in-between times. And so he would work that night shift for about three days in a row. So we would go, um, you know, maybe three to four days without seeing each other. Mm -hmm. And it would leave him to kind of be up with the kids when they would be waking up at seven o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. He'd kind of be up with them Mm -hmm. after coming home at about one in the morning. Wow. And, you know, he would be off during the week. Mostly at that time, he wasn't off on the weekends which made it a lot more difficult.
0: Right. So it wasn't um, just nights. It was also weekends. So basically like the the inverse of, of a traditional corporate schedule.
3: Exactly. Yeah. So it was nice to have him. He was, you know, had so much more time with the children and um, have him to kind of help with childcare while I was gone. Right. Um, they would always pretty much be with one of us. Um, now that he's working, you know, during the days that leaves me to kind of, Deal with all of the daytime activities, which Mm -hmm. was different. Mm -hmm. Um, That switch took a little bit of a transition because we weren't used to being around each other so much. (laughs) Um, But it's definitely nicer, especially since he's, you know, sometimes off on the weekends now. And then he still has maybe a day or two off during the week where I can try to, you know, convince him to help me with getting, you know, taking the kids to their appointments or getting those kinds of things done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you guys have kind of found the pockets depending on where those pockets exist. I loved hearing all of those details and I know we have listeners who are also kind of splitting shifts or getting really creative with childcare, so I appreciate you sharing that. Um I would love to hear if you want to just kind of share an example of a scenario that's been particularly challenging. It could be something that happens all the time like like the the dinner hour or the bedtime hour or, you know, being the only person available during the day or maybe just like something that happened once, you know, something that felt like a big challenge in your solo parenting life?
3: Um, I guess the main thing that always is a challenge for me literally every day is being at home with the kids while I'm working. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, even when my daughters were at school, it was still a bit of a challenge. Now it's even more having you know, to give them their attention. Mm-hmm. Um, they also struggle with it. They know mom's here, but she's not really here. Yeah. And uh that that creates some issues. And, you know, whenever there's an issue with one of the kids, it makes it a little bit more difficult for me. Um, you know, my son's four, we're we're just kind of getting out of the tantrum stage mm-hmm. a little bit and you know, I'm trying to get into a meeting and he's trying to throw a tantrum.
4: Yeah.
3: Um, those are the kind of Struggles I deal with, you know, um, we all know we're here how to handle certain situations or our kids, but they're not always realistic to the situation we're in. Yes, I know I need to kind of be there more hands on at his level doing these kinds of things, but I can't always do that. Sure, And that makes it a little difficult. Uh, Recently, potty training was a big challenge because... I'm trying to remember to get my work done on top of reminding him to yeah. go to the bathroom every 20 minutes.
0: It's like you're literally doing two, two totally different things at the same time.
3: Exactly. Yeah. So I'm always pulled in different directions, I guess, which is um, a little bit difficult. Um, I, I did have to actually bring in somebody to just kind of help with me. So she comes two days a week to kind of help spend just a few hours with my son. Mm hmm. Um, because I was realizing I, I couldn't do it all. Yeah. And I can afford to have full-time child care for him. Right. So I realized, you know, if I can at least afford for a few hours, then it helps him get the attention and, you right. know, care that he needs for yeah. at least a little bit of that.
0: Yeah. Good for you. Um, well, on the flip side, is there an example you can share of something that felt really great to overcome or something you got through that left you feeling like, gosh, I'm feeling more confident or I feel really proud or really capable?
3: Um, the only thing I can think of is, you know, when my husband got called into work last minute and we had a family trip planned, it was something we do yearly with relatives. And this was um, about a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. and my son was about maybe a year and a half at the time. And I was a little nervous to kind of have to take a trip by myself with the three kids. But I was really proud that I made the drive there and back and you know, the whole trip without really any major issues. Mm -hmm. Um, And I realized too, it it was good that it was last minute because I didn't have (laughs) too much time to overthink it. Isn't
0: that so true? So he would have been on that trip with you and the last minute he was like, surprise, I have to go into work. You have to do this by yourself. That's kind of how it happened.
3: Exactly. Literally about uh, days before uh-huh. finding out that he wasn't going to be able to go anymore.
0: What do you love about your situation right now? We know it's we know it's hard, but we're also love to hear um, what maybe something that you love about the, your reality right now.
3: I love that I can be here with my kids every day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I was in the office. I missed out on a lot, and, and just I had that limited couple of hours every day with mm-hmm. my kids, and I no longer have that. That instead of commuting, I have the time for my children. Right.
0: Uh, what's something you wish other moms could understand about your particular type of solo parenting?
3: You know, I just ask that you know we all kind of understand that everybody has it different, mm-hmm. and that may be harder for them, easier for you. More um, vice versa. And, right. and we don't know what the full situation is, but most importantly is just to learn to recognize our own limits yeah, and do what we can.
0: Yeah. I love that. Well, uh, before we finish up here, if you have any tips or strategies or something that you've learned along the way that you think might help other solo parents or just parents in general, I would love to hear them.
4: Um,
3: one big tip is have a sense of humor. (laughs) Um, I think if we look at things a little bit more, um, as a joke or just being silly, um, makes things a little bit easier. Sometimes we just have to kind of get down and be silly and just be in the moment with the kids. Um, you know, that one moment is going to be in their memory forever. They, They might not remember that you were cleaning or, um, doing something else that wasn't pertaining specifically to them. Right.
0: I love that. I love that. Well, Paula, thank you so much for spending a little time with us here today and all the best to your family. Thank
1: you. Sarah, that was such a great conversation. It struck me how many different moms we heard from who had some variation on splitting shifts or one partner working just crazy long hours or working plus going to school. I know it can be really hard to be partnered, but then to not be able to get a lot of hands-on support from that partner. And I'm just really grateful to the moms who acknowledge how hard and lonely it can be.
0: Yeah, this was definitely a category where we heard from a lot of moms. And it's one of those where from the outside, it's probably just impossible to see how hard it is, you know?
1: Well, you can find out more about Paola and hear stories from other moms who are solo parenting for a whole bunch of different reasons at our landing page for this series, which is themomhour.com solo. You'll also find out more about our sponsor, Water Wipes, and their dedication to telling real, honest parenting stories. Again, that's com slash solo.
0: Megan, this next interview is again with me, and this time the mom is solo parenting in every sense of the word. I'm about to introduce you to Julie, a single mom of one little boy who lives in Southern California.
5: Hi, Julie. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here talking with you.
0: We are really excited to have you and I would love for you to talk about um, the terms you use when you describe what kind of solo parent you are, because I think this is important and we're hearing from several solo parents today. So if you had to describe yourself to another parent to kind of explain your situation, what kind of language would you use?
5: So I would generally just say that I'm a single mommy. I am doing this by choice. I have elected just to be in this space where I am with my son. I was not married in the past. I was not uh, divorced. I didn't have a boyfriend. You know, I'm not a co-parent. I don't get every other weekend off. Go ahead and say that in air quotes. I have him every single moment of every single day.
0: So tell us a little bit just about him and how old he is and a little more about how the two of you guys are a team of two.
5: So my little guy, his name is Nicholas. He just turned five a few weeks before Christmas. Um, I was more than five months pregnant before I discovered I was pregnant. And so that night is always going to be just kind of cemented in my brain. I was laying there on my back. I was watching TV and suddenly I saw him and I felt this whoo is this? And it was like the sea serpent just kind of went across my belly. Oh my gosh. And I thought I need to have this checked out. Oh my goodness. So he truly is my little miracle baby. And you touched on it before, but there's
0: no co-parent and no ex in the picture for you guys. So from day one, it's been just the two of you. I would love to hear of just an example or a moment um, that illustrates the challenge of it being just the two of you. It could be something that you deal with like every day that's really challenging or just like one time that sticks out in your mind. I would love to hear.
5: So the just the day-to-day is really challenging, but some of the big ones are the medical and health things, especially right now with COVID, everything seems a little bit more exacerbated. Um, he does have asthma and allergies and he's had croup. And since I'm the only parent here, I was the only one in the house when suddenly about half an hour after I put him to bed and he went to sleep, 17 months old, I heard him not breathing. He stopped and I heard him struggling to breathe. And just me, I had to run in there. My baby's not breathing. He had this look on his face. Mommy, help me. I, I can't breathe. I don't know what to do. And, you know, just me. Where's the nearest hospital? Where's the go bag? How to get him into the car seat? Get him to the hospital. He's looks like he's falling back asleep. I still can't hear him breathing. All of the all of the medical things are just so torturous because there's not someone else that we can't calm each other down or talk about it. It it's scary because it's life and death. You know, Mm -hmm. your your baby's not breathing and it's really hard to do it by yourself. Yeah. Um, what else is particularly
0: challenging about your solo parenting situation? Anything else come to mind?
5: So the mom guilt and doing like the disciplining when we have issues with temper tantrums, for me, they feel like they're crazy and over the top. And is this borderline psychotic? Is this okay? (laughs) Is there something wrong with my son? Uh, You know, and I I am the lucky one that gets to address it every single time it happens. As adults, I think we know if we get to a certain point. I can go make a coffee. I can go run outside. I can stop and do some yoga. He doesn't have the tools yet. So it's up to me to figure out, okay, what tool is going to work this time? Because the same tool is not going to work the next time. Let me tell you, even if it's an hour later. So, you know, after a little bit, we're walking hand in hand and he says, mommy, I feel better. Thank you. But it's so exhausting and draining. Yeah. You know, I still have to walk back inside and make him food
0: again. Right. And you don't get to kind of like cheers that moment later and be like, "Whew, that was a big one. Or like kind of debrief later because those those explosive emotions do feel like kind of World War Three. And I think, you know, even the even totally normal tantrums can feel sometimes scary or upsetting to a parent. So I can see how for you there is like almost the, the ability to process that later or, you know, just to manage those, the emotional impact on you is extra challenging. Well, let's shift to talking about some of the moments where you just feel really proud and confident. And I'm sure over these five years, you've gained a ton of confidence. So can you share a story or an example about something you overcame or a moment where you felt really proud and capable?
5: Absolutely. So, one of the things in my house here, other than the couch, he and I have built every single piece of furniture we have. I have an office desk, coffee tables, end tables, electric fireplace, everything in here, he and I have built together back starting when he was like three and four years old, which is something really cool. And I think probably the one I'm most proud of with all of our construction and building activities. When we moved during the summer, during COVID, because why not, right? Right. I told him that, yes, I will absolutely get you a loft bed for your room. And lo and behold, he remembered that I told him that. Uh So here I am, ordered it, it delivered. Okay, we're going to build it on the weekend. Building it with a four-year-old, it's going to take all day. Sure enough, it did. So what I didn't know at the time, first, the instructions had us build the bottom part. Then the instructions had us build the top part. And by that time, this is hours later at the very end. My son is so excited. He can't stop jumping up and down. Oh, no. Somehow mommy is supposed to pick up the whole top (gasps) part of this loft bed and put it on the bottom part. (laughs) (laughs) And here I am. I'm looking into this face who's just bursting with joy and excitement. How the heck am I going to do this? Yeah. (laughs) I wound up figuring out, oh, I can put one side up on this nightstand, the other side up on the dresser. We can shift it this way. Okay, Nicholas, it's really time. You come here and grab this. Show mama your muscles. You lift it up over your head as high as you possibly can. And we actually did it. Oh, oh my gosh. goodness. I, I laugh about that. I see it, obviously, all the time every day yeah. when I'm tucking them in and stuff. I, that was such a huge accomplishment for us. And everything yeah. that's come after that, oh, my goodness, we put your loft bed together. What can yeah, we do?
0: <laughs> we can handle anything. I love that. I love that. <laughs>
5: anything that comes our way.
0: Um, well, shifting gears here a little bit, what is something you wish that other moms understood about what you're going through or your experience as a solo parent?
5: Well, and I, I think to take the solo parent part of it out, because I think as moms, we need to be understanding that all of our struggles are different from each other's. I, I have struggles and I know you have struggles. The struggles that I have are going to be different than the struggles that other people have. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have so much extra thought I have to put into things. My thinking cap is on so much more. I have to be on a hundred percent of the time. There's not Mm -hmm. someone else there to make the decisions and even if you're in a situation where maybe your husband travels or maybe you want to be single momming it for, you know, a week and while your husband's out of town, the big decisions you're still talking with somebody else about. And I would really love for everyone to understand that those decisions are 100 percent mine and they are mm-hmm. very difficult to make. Yeah,
0: I think that's a good clarification. And I know I know. People do get sensitive when that single momming it for the weekend is thrown around even if there's no malice meant behind it but just taking a pause to remember that everybody's struggles are different like you said it doesn't make it better worse but to equate one with the other is not quite accurate especially in that example. Well, before we finish up, do you have a like a really specific tip or a strategy that you have learned over the years?
5: Absolutely. And this is something that just kind of recently came out in COVID times because so many parts of our lives were kind of upset, changed. We had to kind of figure out what to do. So I started thinking, what if just for this moment, I fill in the blank here. It has been an absolute life changer and game changer for me. And so
0: how would you fill in that blank? What might some examples be of filling in that blank?
5: So if the case would be he's suddenly having a meltdown and going crazy instead of me freaking out, I say, what if just for this moment, I'm going to be calm and wrap him in the most giant hug that I can and see if that's going to make him feel better. Mm -hmm. And it's not something I'm committing to for, hey, this next coming year, not even, hey, just today, I'm going to do this every single time something happens. It's just that split. I'm going to do this right now. I love that. It's
0: kind of approaching it with sort of like curiosity and not being attached to an outcome. But like, what if what if this? I love that a lot.
5: And with new eyes. And so I've just I found that I'm reframing things as I'm going along here and I feel successful if I say, hey, this week, this is what I'm going to do. Of course, the first time it doesn't work, I'm going to fail and I'm going to be a terrible mom and my kid is going to be ruined for life. But this way, I really feel like I can make those crazy moments successful. That's so
0: great. I love that. Well, Julie, anything else that you want to share with our listening audience um, about your solo parenting experience?
5: I like to try really hard to not be the perfectionist that I know I am. We have disasters constantly but we try to, you know, either make something fun about it or, you know, make a mental note for ourselves. When he turned five, he did not get a lit candle to blow out on his cake. He had this amazing cake. I had the little number five candle. Hey, we moved the lighters in one of the kitchen drawers somewhere. Oh, no. We have a new stove in our house that doesn't have any flame. And I could not find the lighter. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh, so i'm telling my little boy with this sweet little face so excited to blow out his candle because now he finally understands what a birthday is and i'm like okay eddie we're gonna do a pretend blowing out of the candle you still make your wish it's gonna come true i promise and he was just overjoyed just the joy on his face it didn't matter so yeah. sure enough Two days later, what do I see in the garage as we're getting in the car to go to school (laughs) is the lighter. (laughs) And and so now it's a it's a joke for us. I love his sense of humor. And he'll even tell me just randomly, mommy, remember for my birthday, we couldn't find the lighter and we were (laughs) so silly about it. If you know, maybe if there was a husband here, he would have gone out to buy it. He would have figured out a way to make a flameless stove, light a candle, or (laughs) maybe he had flint that I didn't know about, but I'm sorry, buddy.
0: (laughs) I love it. Well, Julie, thank you so much for taking the time to share with us today and just all our best to you and Nicholas. You're doing a great job.
5: Thank you so much for having me. I am really looking forward to hearing everyone's stories. And I'm really, really glad that you guys are reaching out and doing this. I think it's super important.
1: I loved that interview, Sarah. Julie has the best attitude and it sounds like she's really enjoying being a mom. What a fun conversation.
0: Yeah, she was really fun to talk to. And like you said, has really embraced the challenges that come with parenting completely alone. So I loved that one.
1: As a reminder, if you want to find out more about Julie or hear from other solo moms in our community, head to the special landing page we've set up for this series at themomhour.com slash solo. And a big thanks to our sponsor, Waterwipes, for making it possible for us to share those stories through this special series.
0: Yeah, we've really collected a lot of stories of different ways moms are experiencing life as a solo parent, whether they're single moms by choice, divorced moms, moms with absent partners, military families, and more. Again, that's themomhour.com slash solo.
1: Well, that leads us to our last interview in today's episode, and this is a really interesting one, Sarah. I spoke with Kate, a mom of a four-year-old and a six-year-old in Michigan, whose husband is constantly traveling as a pipeline worker, and they've dealt with the situation in all kinds of creative ways. It was really interesting to talk to her. So let's get to that one. Hi, Kate. Thanks so much for being on the Mom Hour. Hi. I would love for you to share the situation of um, your solo parenting lifestyle and kind of how that plays out for your family.
4: Sure. So uh, my husband and I have been together for about 16 years um, and married for 11. Uh, He works on natural gas pipelines. So what that means is that he travels around to wherever the project is. So we've covered um, a good portion of the East Coast and some of the Southeast and just a little bit of everywhere. It seems like over the last uh, 14 years, I've been traveling with him since 2007. He was doing this prior to us getting together. And then um, these projects. You know, they can last anywhere from about two weeks to a year. So it, the moves happen, you know, often, generally, <laughs> depending yeah. on, you know, how the workflow's going that year. Uh, when we first got together, he used to have winners off all the time. And now it seems like there's just there's very little downtime. Um, hmm. So it, it fluctuates a lot, it seems like. And um, for me, my solo parenting actually started before we even had kids because we um, I had taken a job in 2009 in Michigan because there was a huge downturn that year. So I went and got a job as well to help out and then stayed there for about three years. And during that time, we had decided, you know, we'd like to start a family. <laughs> and that's yeah. It's kind of hard to do when you're not in the same state. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, you know, we tried on our own for a while, but then we ended up having to do IVF. And for our son, um, I was back home while my husband was on the road doing the shots and and all that stuff. So it it was, you know, kind of started there initially. Yeah. And then, um, you know, once our son was born, I went back on the road with him. You know, we decided we didn't want to be apart anymore. And this was silly to have to be separated all the time but you know his his work is taxing you know they work six days a week 60 plus hours a week so you're getting a couple hours a night maybe and then Sunday out of the week and that's all you get of dad time yeah it's just a lot of you know up and down there
1: yeah and I've kind of done something similar in the past so I know that feeling of like dad's here but he's not really here um and it, it, that's hard for everyone to deal with, but I think in particular mom. So talk about those challenges. I know, I mean, this is just a really interesting situation, the way you, the way you handle it. But um, dig into some of those challenges.
4: Sure. So definitely, like you mentioned, you know, it, you're excited that they're home, but he's exhausted. He's, you know, not that he won't help out, but you can see, you know, he's just like, oh, God,
1: I'm right. so tired
4: from the day. All of that on your own from day to day when they were younger, it was like, trying to figure out, okay, where can I take them? What can we do? How do I meet people? You know, all these different things where you're just, you're stuck in your home or, you know, for us, we were generally in our fifth wheel. So you're in this like 200 square foot space (laughs) with these little people all day long. When our kids were young, my, our oldest is six now and the youngest is four. So when they were babies, like they were attached me you know yeah <laughs> they wanted mom and so like even if my husband wanted to help they were like nope you're not helping yeah them. <laughs> yeah so it was just it, it was always me bedtime routines are rough now as they're older um my husband's actually on a project right now in minnesota and i'm back home and just getting them to bed it's it's a struggle every night and it just it's exhausting you know you yeah. you you know that they need a routine. You know that they need structure, but it's like at the same time you're just like, well, I just whatever will work, you know, just like right. go to bed.
1: <laughs> Can't I just phone it in a little bit? Yeah. Well, dig into that a little bit more. So for a, a while, especially when you were trying to get pregnant, and then when the kids were really little, you were following him around mostly, or going ahead and getting set up, right? And then now you're now you're kind of taking a break from that. Talk about how that change happened.
4: So. Our son, like I said, is six. He's the oldest, and he started kindergarten last year. And so when it was time for kindergarten, uh, we had decided, you know what, maybe, maybe it would be good for him to have, like, some more structure and go to, like, an actual school and not do homeschooling. Right. So we decided, okay, let's go ahead and get set up. Um, so we found a new town in Michigan. Um, we picked this town. We got him set up in um, the kindergarten program. And it was really great. And then COVID happened, you know, last year. So like all of a sudden we're doing homeschooling anyways, whether I wanted oh, to or not.
1: <laughs> right. I would love to know, you know, we know that the sound, this sounds rough. Like traveling around sounds rough. Being without your spouse is rough. But is there anything that you love about your situation or that you feel is kind of like a perk?
4: Uh, yeah. So I think it's kind of funny, actually. But I get to enjoy those, um, those nights. Once the kids are in bed, you've had conversation, whatever, where it's just me and I can take that time for whatever self, self-care I might need. You know, I don't yeah. have to worry about if I'm neglecting someone else or, you know, maybe they want extra attention that night or something. Right. So, you know, there's that bonus of having those over multiple you know, weeks, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that totally makes sense to me. What what's one thing you wish other moms understood about your solo parenting experience? I'm thinking probably a lot of like to a lot of families you probably just look like your normal two parent family and maybe they don't really understand what's happening in your house or is there anything else you feel like maybe is misunderstood?
4: So I guess for me uh, it's it's mainly that you know I miss my husband dearly when he's gone um, but I also kind of feel like a sense of pride that I'm able to to manage this while he's out, you know, not to say that that's not capable, but it's just a good, I guess, confidence boost. Like, okay, you've got this, you can do this. You know, I may not love to do it all the time, but it's just nice to know that, you know, I'm not killing my kids. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. day day. to
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you mentioned that feeling of pride and, and sometimes looking and saying, wow, I mean, I, I did this. Um, and I'm wondering if you have like, any examples of something that's happened where you really thought I did this all myself by myself. And it just kind of made you feel proud or capable or just like you really rose to the occasion.
4: Yeah. So it's funny. My husband is really good at redirection with the kids. Um, We can be in a moment of like this huge meltdown and he will just find a way to like steer them out of it. And I don't, Mm. it's like, it's it's his superpower. I swear. (laughs) (laughs) And so, I'm always like, gosh, how do you do that? Because I always find, you know, I'm like, I'm frustrated in that moment and I don't know yeah. what to do. I don't know how to fix it. And so it's just, it's hard to do. And especially when you're alone with them and I can't fall back on him now, obviously, because he's not here. Right. So right. Uh, there was just a time when my son was having like one of those epic meltdowns where nothing can make him happy and he doesn't want to hear anything. And I was just like, what would my husband do? What can I do? (laughs) How do I redirect them? And I just found that just being goofy, being silly was enough to distract them, you know, sing a funny song or start tickling them for no reason. And it just was enough to snap him out of the moment and just be like, okay, it's not that bad. Yeah. So it was just, I was like, "Yes."
1: So you you acquired a new... You acquired a new skill for your, your toolbox, right? That's yes, great. Exactly. I
4: love it. I love it.
1: I'd actually love to hear if you've got any other tips or strategies, um, a couple that you've learned from managing this, maybe something that could apply to other solo parents or any parents. I know you said you wrote a book about um about your experience with some help helpful tips in it. So tell us about that, and maybe
4: share a tip or two. Sure. So uh yes, I did write a book. <laughs> it's called Traveling Wives Club. And um, some of the tips that I included in there is more pertaining to like, you know, getting set up for jobs and, and getting established there. But also just how to handle being away from your, your spouse or like traveling with your spouse if, or a significant other if you are going to be on the road and or they're on the road and you're back home. Right. Um, but like the prepping things ahead of time is definitely important. And then just... um you know, those routines, establishing those for the kids, getting them squared away and helping, helping them feel accomplished, you know, with the routines. Because they get a sense of pride, too, after they see, oh, I can do these things. I can get ready. And for, for us, you know, a lot of it is involved around, like, prepping meals, prepping the lunches, you know, the clothes choices and things ahead of time so that we're not stressing in the moment you know, running around, like our heads are cut off and trying to get out the door.
1: (laughs) That's a great idea. And I think that's something that, yeah, anybody can benefit from that. But like for you, it's probably an absolute necessity. So um, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Well, Kate, thanks so much for talking with me. It's been great to hear your family's story. And I hope that um, listeners will follow along with you on your blog and check out your book. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's been great.
4: Thanks for having me.
0: Wow, I loved hearing how Kate and her kids make this really tricky situation work and how they've kind of had to go with the flow over the last couple of years and keep adapting to new circumstances.
1: I know. It was a great reminder that no situation stays the same forever. So, you know, no matter your status, married, single, sometimes solo, always partnered, whatever it is, the way things are right now aren't necessarily the way they'll be forever. Like, there's always something hard but at least one day it'll be like a different kind of hard, right?
0: <laughs> That's so true. Well, a big thanks to Katie, Paula, Julie, and Kate for being on the show today. And we just want to remind you that you can hear more of their stories, plus learn about other solo moms in our community by checking out the landing page at themomhour.com slash solo. You can also share your own solo parenting experience with us there.
1: A big thank you again to Waterwipes for sponsoring this special series on solo parenthood. And definitely check out the other storytelling they're doing around parenthood by following hashtag ThisIsParenthood on social.
0: Next Friday, we're going to be back with part two of this series, Megan, where you and I will be breaking down what we learned from these interviews and diving into kind of the larger conversations we've been having around solo parenthood, as well as sharing some tips and ideas for making the most of whatever your parenting situation is. Thanks again to Water Wipes for sponsoring. And in the meantime, be sure to check out our landing page at themomhour.com slash solo. We'll talk to you soon. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug.
1: That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data.
0: Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction. And Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to Erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K E R I K A dot A P P, and use code the Mom Hour to save twenty percent.
1: Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November, and so far, I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter.